October the 20th, 1985 was our first service in the Rooker Memorial Auditorium down there. And then we, what, a couple years, we, or a little bit, we outgrew that and we set up over in the NRC for, I don't know how long. (laughs) And then we moved into this building in 92 and now we're refurbishing it. (laughs) There's been a lot of people in this place and, but uh, man, I, I didn't realize it had been that long, but I, I, the Lord told me to start, and so I did. You know, as I, you know, I, we have, I call it our power. And I told you last week, but I tell you again, because maybe some people didn't know it. The reason I call it our power is because when I was in Bible school, I was a freshman, started September 1958 in Bible school. And a bunch of us boys sitting around talking one day. And I said, well, if I ever have pastor church on Wednesday night, I'm not going to keep people there all night. Remember, I was born on a Sunday and I was in my dad's church the next Sunday. And I've been there ever since. And I said, I'm not going to keep people there. And we're going to have our power. And that's in 1958. That's forever anybody ever heard of Schuler and his hour of power television broadcast. But, uh, so, as most of you know, at Our Power, I like to speak to you on a subject that will help you both naturally and spiritually, you know. And so, tonight, I want to talk about staying in your place till you win. What I mean by that is that we need to learn how to stay in the place that God has us or stay in the place that we're at in the natural and not be moved by every wind of doctrine, every oppor- every new opportunity that comes by. Some people are always moving around, moving around, and they never stay long enough in one place to really accomplish a whole lot. But if you want to win in life, and if you want to win in the spiritual life, you gotta develop the ability to stand in your place until you win. Until you accomplish would be another way to say it. Now, the enemy will bring everything he can at you to get you out, even in the natural, because he knows that if he can mess you up in the natural, he can get you messed up spiritually. And conflict comes around. You know, some people get upset because they come into church and somebody sat in in the pew that they usually sat in. That, that happens even here. It's happened. <laughs> and then, you know, not getting the promotion that you thought you should get. And then an opportunity comes along that looks really good. But let me tell you, the grass may look greener on the other side of the fence, but remember, it still has to be mowed too. Anybody ever heard of a lady by the name of uh, Dear Abby? It used to be in the newspaper, Abigail Van Buren. She wrote this column called Dear Abby. And in it one time she said, maturity is the ability to stick with a job until it's finished. Another, Another person in his book said this, the power to hold on in spite of everything to endure 
This is the winner, winner's quality. Staying in your place will make you successful in your natural life, but staying where God has got you in the spiritual will stay, keep you there too. You know, when uh, dad said, we're going to start a Bible school, and he told me to do it, and I designed the curriculum for Rhema. I don't know, school hadn't been going on, and I'd, we were facing a lot of financial hardship, and I'd lost, a, I didn't, uh, the one teacher that I had was helping me, he quit after one after one month, he quit. Now I'm teaching all four, all four hours every morning. And, uh, and the finances was, wasn't what it should be. And I went home and I told Annette, I said, I'm committed to this thing. And she was, she was with me all the way. If we had to sell everything, we're going to make Rama go. See, you have to have that kind of commitment to the things of God and you have to have that in the, in the natural. You have to have that kind of commitment if you're going to be successful in the natural. So tonight I want to talk about how to stand firm where you're at. First of all, we got to realize the value of staying in our place. Now let's go to second Samuel and look at David's mighty men that held their place. We start with the eight verse, 2 Samuel 23. I'm going to read from NLT tonight. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first is Joshua Hobin, the Hakamite, who was the leader of three. The three mightiest war- warriors David of, among David's men once he once, this is this guy, once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. Now he was in the battle with others. Now next came along was Eliezer. He was a son of Dodi, a descendant of Ahoah. Once Eliezer, Eliezer, David and David stood together against the Philistine when the entire army fled. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift the sword and the Lord gave him a great victory that day and the rest of the army didn't return until they was time to collect the plunder. So that was Eliezer and David. Now next came Shammah, the son of A.G. of Hara. One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in the field of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines so the Lord brought a great victory. Now here we see three of David's mighty men. One fighting in the battle with other soldiers. He killed 800 people. But Eleazar fought with David and the two of them stood together and they won. But now Shammah he is stood by himself. Everybody else left him. And so I want to look at this. Shammah 
was considered a mighty man because he defended that lentil patch. Now, what is so significant about that? Well, first of all, he took a stand while everybody else ran. He's by himself. He stayed in place doing what he was supposed to do. Then he didn't allow the enemy to knock him out of position. Today, you may feel like you have, don't have a significant position or job and that nobody notices you, but God does. And in the natural, whether you realize it or not, the bosses, they, they watch. Pastors watch. I was associate pastor of my father-in-law for six years, and he told me one time, he said, son, he said, when you need somebody to do something in the church, who do, who do you get? I said, well, I, I really don't know. He said, the busiest person that's in the church, that's who you get because they'll do the job. See, you got to stay in your position. I don't care who, who's noticing it, who's not noticing it. You know, it said that a diamond is nothing more than a chunk of coal, but it stays under pressure until it becomes a beautiful diamond. You, you realize sometimes it's the pressure that makes us what we are, gives us our strength. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, you can depend on them? Anybody ever heard that? You know why they said that? Because they had the reputation of staying put even when it got tough. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't cow down. Now, first, secondly, we need to make sure that we're standing firm in our place. First Corinthians 10, 12. First Corinthians 10, 12. Like I told you, I'm reading NLT tonight. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. This verse telling us, be careful not to fall. Well, that real, that means that you could lose your position. You know, be careful not to fall. And then, you know, have you ever noticed the word of God says, you know, don't lose your confession. Stand firm. Sometimes we have to realize that, you know, sometimes <laughs> you lose a position and in the workforce because of what somebody else did. But it's really bad if you take your own self out. That's your problem. Now, you know, I've told you this story many times, but when I was going to Bible school and old 
and I was working the freight dock and old Sims come by asking everybody, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do Everybody was saying no. And all the guys, there was what, I don't know, two carloads of us that, that were working there. We came up from the, from the school to up to Dallas from Oaksatchee. And, uh, I said, yeah, I can. Well, you see, they, as soon as he went by the old boy next to him, he said, you don't know nothing about that, Hagen. I said, well, I may not know nothing about it, but I know a little bit about what he's talking about. And by, we got a library and I got a friend. And when I get here tomorrow, I'm going to be able to do the job. You see, you got to believe in yourself and you have, you can't, be ignorant of what is required of you to maintain a position. Now let's look at that in the spiritual side. The word of God tells us what it takes for us to maintain a strong spiritual person or being. And we can't be ignorant to those facts and expect to be successful in our Christian walk. You can't be ignorant to the facts that you need that are required of you in order to have a position in the natural and expect to receive anything. Another, in other words, and another thing, you can't have fear and insecurity. In other words, the, everybody else was afraid to say they could do the job. I wasn't afraid to say I can do the job because I believe that the word of God says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But I also believe that I had enough sense to find out about that position and that I could, I could do it. See, you got to believe you can before you can. You got to believe what the word says before you can ever receive any of the blessings. And I don't mean just mentally agree. I mean, you got to believe it. When the devil slaps you up beside the head, you got to still keep saying the Bible said it. I believe it. That settles it. Come on now. You see, if you're going to maintain a position you have got to develop skills in order to fulfill the requirements for that position. You know, the word of God talks about us as children of God and everybody wants the blessing. But it also tells us of things that we must do in order to qualify for the blessing. Y'all are quiet tonight. I must be walking on somebody's toes. You know, <laughs> you got to develop the skills that it's necessary. I was, I tell classes this all the time when I'm teaching it in the, in, in the pastor's class. I ask them how many of them have had any, had any speech, taken any speech courses. 
And a few of them raise their hand, others don't. I say, well, you that don't, you need to go take, just go out here to the community college and take some speech courses. If you're going to get up in front of the public and speak, you need to know something about speaking. Hello. And then, so you need to develop the skills that are necessary for your position. Even in the spiritual area, when people don't understand who they are in Christ, they cannot develop. They can't move up. My dad used to say, you can only move as high as you understand what the word of God says. You know, there are a lot of people that want a position but they're not willing to do what is necessary to fulfill that position. Come on now. You know, another thing that hinders people, both in the spiritual and the natural, is not getting involved with recurrent training in the, you know, I've seen a lot of people, oh man, I'm saved and and filled the Holy Spirit on my way to heaven, praise the Lord. And that's it. And they're, but they're always talking about, oh, I need this and I need that. And I'm praying that there. And they're not doing anything to get into the word and find out what the word of God has to say about their situation. I see people and I've dealt with people right here over the years. I mean, I'm a, I, I started this campus with that one building on the corner right there and half of the one behind it and six acres. Now it's 120 acres and I mean, 110 acres and 20 buildings or more. And you know what? I have to begin, I had to learn, learn some stuff. I learned how to read, I learned how to read blueprints. I learned about foundations and soil. Well, if you're going to grow and build your spiritual building, you better get into the word and find out about standing on the rock. Anybody understanding what I'm trying to say to you tonight? What I'm trying to tell you is that we all have to develop our staying or staying in our place. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, I would like to do so-and-so. Well, you better stay where you're at until God moves you around. I'm talking about in the spiritual world now. A lot of people, they, people say, man, I'd sure like to be up there singing. Well, number one, do you have the ability to sing? Number two, have you done anything 
to be able for anybody to notice and know that you can sing. <laughs> you know, you have to stay in. <laughs> when I went to work for my father-in-law as associate pastor, I did everything. I dug ditches. I changed out all the fixtures in the restroom. I mowed grass. I built building. I built. I built. Helped build some of the Sunday school annex. And I had to preach every Sunday night. When did I have time to study? Because I was doing all that other stuff during the day at night. <laughs> you see, if you're going to be successful, you have to do what is necessary. I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't have been able, hadn't have been willing to stay there because a lot, of, a lot of my friends said, hey, Hagen, come on, why don't you go get a church and pastor? You, man, you're just over there working and, and, and you're getting to preach all right, but you're, you, hey, you're a minister. You don't need, hey, let me tell you what. If you're, working in, if, if you're not willing to work in the, in the nursery and with the children, you'll never stand up here. Some people don't like for me to say that. Well, I say it again. I don't care. It's your, your problem, not mine. I've lived for 84 years. I've been in the church all of my life. And I've seen people that desire a position in the church, but they never do what's necessary to get promoted to that position. Come on now. Don't look at me like that. You need to develop your staying power, staying in position. Now, first of all, let me go back and say, you know, everybody on a football team has a position. And you must maintain your position if the team is going to be successful. Now, I have played some defensive end back in my day. Now, I don't know about today. I, I, I played back in the 50s when it was an old T formation and you didn't have all the running and all the stuff they have now. My deal was I don't go crashing down like this. I was told I go in like this and I wait to see because if I go crashing in like this, they, they, I can get taken out and they got, a, they got free reign to run down the side. Any of you guys that play ball know what I'm talking about? You know, I was in basketball, I, I was a good rebounder. And I tell people all the time, a good rebounder is not, it don't depend how tall you are. It depends on getting the right position. Getting the right position. 
You see, we need to in the spiritual and in the natural, in order to be successful, we need to put ourselves in the right position. And I got to tell you all the time, the things that make, make you, make you successful naturally are the same things that will make you successful in your spiritual life. Hello. Now, developing staying power. Anybody getting anything? All right. Realize that God is with you when you stand in your position. If God is for us, who can be against us? Hello. Refuse to be afraid of facing adversity. You know, some people, they're afraid of facing adversity. Be strong and courageous. Now, sometimes siblings, well, they want to do something, but one of them, that, oh, you, you, go, you go talk to mama. Because they don't want to go do it. I'm always just... I've been one, you know, my, my sister and I, I, I said, okay, I'll, we'd talk about something. I said, I'll go talk to him. You see, <laughs> I guess I was, I guess I was dumb enough that I wasn't, I didn't mind facing the consequences if I messed up. But I'll tell you what, sometimes if you want to advance, you gotta be willing to take the risk. In spiritual things, you have to be, my dad used to say, you got to be willing to step out of the aching void of nothingness with nothing underneath you, but your faith in God's word. Anybody ever heard him say that? I know Craig has and my wife has. You, some of you that went to Ramah, you should, you probably, you should have heard him say that. That was one of his famous things that he would say a lot of times. You know, then you've got to speak the word over yourself. You know, Mark eleven twenty three. we talk, we say it all the time. But speak the word over whatever it is. You can do it. You can speak the word and believe God in the natural for things. But when you're speaking the word over your job and your position, make sure you're doing the things in the natural that will put you in a position so that God can come in and help promote you. Hello. You know, you need to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. He will guide you both naturally and in the spiritual side. See, everybody always wants to throw the guidance of the Holy Spirit over in on a spiritual side. But he will also can guide you in the natural if you listen to him. 
I know one preacher that had had, he, he, I, I was there when he told my dad this. He told him, he said, I've had three wrecks, three accidents. One of them almost killed him and his wife. And he told my dad, he said, you know, he said, if I would listen to the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have had any of those wrecks. Because the Holy Spirit was trying to tell him, but he wouldn't listen. That's a natural thing. That's not that. Now we got the spiritual side where God direct, he, the Holy Spirit tells you about spiritual things, but the Holy Spirit can also help you in natural things. I don't know how many times we get ready to leave. My dad, when I was a kid, five, six, four, five, six years old. I remember one time, we were, I was about five years old. We had stopped. He had driven over to Mama Papa Goodwin, who were my mom, my dad, and mom's mentors, and to pray with them. And uh, we we we'd already gotten the car, and Dad was still outside talking Papa Goodwin. And uh, he said, "Get out! We can't go yet." We got out, you know. And then after about 15 minutes or so, maybe 20, he said, okay, we can go now. And we got out on the highway and there was a, there was a huge wreck. One of these asphalt trucks back then, they was laying asphalt and they have, uh, some of you guys never seen it, but they had, had is a big tank, has a fire burning and they, they melt in that, that tire and then putting it on the road. Well, it had exploded and got, I don't know how many cars was on fire and everything else. And dad said, and I, I still, see, this is, this is a vivid memory of a five-year-old, I guess, maybe five and a half. But it's a bit, I remember he said, always listen to the Spirit of God. See, if I hadn't listened, kids, we would have been right in the middle of that if we would have left whenever we were started to. Now that's, that's protection. In the natural, the Holy Spirit can help you with protection if you listen. But you gotta do, you gotta listen and then respond. You know, we normally drive home the same. How many of you normally drive home from your work every day? You normally take the same path to work or go, going to work, coming home. Well, we had left the office here. Sometimes we, we come in one car, but most of the time we're in two cars because she's going this direction, I'm going that direction. But anyway, so she's in front of me and she called me on the phone and said, well, I'm not going to go like we normally go. I'm going to turn and go this way and go the, uh, go the, the, down this way. I said, you can go ahead and go where you want to. I said, if you're going that way, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to follow you. <laughs> you're the one got the leading on this. <laughs> you know, right down there at that signal light, right down the street here at, uh, not the one out here, but the next one at the next corner where, Huh? Yeah, Aspen and, and Kenosha. 
she was coming up, the light turned green and she's quite a ways from the light. But you normally would just keep going, but something prompted her, slow down, slow down. So instead of maintaining her speed, she slowed down. And when she started through there, a car went by like that, went right. I mean, almost took her nose of her car off, running the red light. If she hadn't slowed down, it hit her right in the side. Hello. I'm talking about in our natural lives, the Holy Spirit will help us, but he will help us in our spiritual lives too. So we got to see some people, they, they only, they're, they're only zeroed in on the spiritual side. Remember, I say to you all the time, we, the natural and the supernatural working together, make an explosive force for God. We're living in two Two worlds at the same time, the spiritual world and the natural world. Hello. Am I helping anybody? Then, uh, you know, I I saw that I dovetailed into my other one. Obedience is necessary. And we've been, been talking about that. You know, it says there, obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, somebody said, well, what, you know, that's over, in, that's over in Samuel, 2 Samuel 15. Old King Saul had went out and the prophet had told him, don't, don't save anybody, don't bring anything back. But he brought animals back. He said, well, we brought them back to, to sacrifice to the Lord and that sacrifice to the Lord, make a sacrifice offering. That's what he did in the Old Testament. And that's when Samuel told him, said, well, to obey is better than sacrifice. That's what it was all about. All right, number five, discipline yourself to meet the requirements of the, whatever it is. First Corinthians nine twenty five. All all athletes discipline are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Well, that can work for you on both sides. And then understand the acceptable behavior that you need. And uh, I want to read this from Luke 16. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. Another translation said, if you're trustworthy about worldly wealth, who will, who, who will trust you with true riches of heaven. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Be faithful, be on time, be where you're supposed to be at the right time. Show honor where it's honor and respect are due. Take care of business. Colossians 3, 23 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Voice translation says, no matter what your task is, work hard. Always do your best as the Lord's servant and not as man. Take the responsibility both naturally and spiritually. My dad told me this and you've heard me say it many times. Son, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right or don't do it at all. And then choose your company. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. 
Let me close real quick. It's time for me to shut up. As the story is told, I don't know whether it's true or not. One day, this guy was walking along the beach with his dad, and he noticed a man with a bucket of crabs, but the crab bucket didn't have any top on it. He asked his father why the crabs are not getting out or escaping. His father said, when one crab in the bucket tries to crawl out, the other crabs will grab a hold of him and pull him back down, pull him back down. And then he, he went on to say, this fellow did that was telling this story. My father said, you must ignore the crabs if you want to be successful in life. What is he saying? If you want to be successful, other people are going to attempt to drag you down because they don't want you to get ahead of them. There are some people who will take you, take you down. If you want to win, hang with winners. If you want to be in strong faith, hang with people that talk strong faith. Don't hang with those that talk doubt and unbelief. I've simply just tried to share with you some things that I think will help you be successful in both areas of your life. Trust you got something out of it. Heavenly Father, I pray that whatever we've said tonight will be of benefit to the people. I pray that we will all take heart to what we've said tonight and we'll all endeavor to be the best we can in every area of our life naturally and spiritually and stay in our place until you move us out. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.